Welcome to the Cooking with the Hazelnuts show. This week, hey, somebody's coming in here. Do you know you look just like W? Ah, good morning. Uh, got a menu. Here you go. Thank you. Uh, is there any uh, goulash on this menu? We have just pesto, pasta, and poached fish. Thank you. Would you like all three of those, sir? Yes. And a cup of mocha java with cream. Uh, milk. Uh, milk, yes, that's fine. I will bring you your java first, and then the poached fish. Thank you. Wow, that guy looks familiar. While I'm getting his order, you can listen to pasta, pesto, and more. With special guest Laura Legendary talking about her poached fish, yes. Never could get that right. A little while ago, I saw a tweet mentioned by Laura. Quote from W.C. Fields, I cook with wine. Sometimes I add it to the food. I know, don't quit my day job. Pasta, pesto, poached fish. Coming up right now. What is cooking? We are happy to hear from you. And we have a new phone number, 206-736-9301. Email hazelnuts at acbradio.org and find us on Twitter at acbhazelnuts. A while ago, we talked about butter. My butter is too hard. My butter is too soft. We had a couple of suggestions. Here's another one that just may help. Here's Chris to tell you all about it. Take it away, Chris. Hey, guys. Good morning. This is Chris Gray calling from St. Louis, Missouri. And I listened to your show on the podcast, actually, so thank you for that. And uh, I had a comment about keeping butter warm. Uh, There was great information that you guys gave I didn't have before, didn't know about. I've got a little ceramic product that I thought I would tell you about, and you might want to put it on the show. It's called a French Butter Keeper, and it's a piece of pottery that was made by a potter in Palo Alto, California. It's got a top and a bottom, and uh, on the top, there's a round handle that protrudes from the top. You can use it to pick the top up, and if you turn the top over, It's a cylinder, and you can put some slightly warmed butter in the cylinder, pack it in there, and uh, the cylinder is totally hollow in the middle except for the very top of the, the device. In the bottom, you put water, cold water. Then you just take the lid and put it down into... The, uh, the bottom that has the water in it. Well, I was dubious. I thought, my goodness, maybe the butter's going to get all wet or the water will get all greasy. It didn't. The water does not permeate the butter at all. When you want to use it, just take the top off, turn it over, put it on top of the bottom with the little handle sticking down and the butter facing up. Spread your butter, do what you want. Refill the butter if you want, put it back. It is a wonderful device. I love it. It works. And you can keep butter in there fresh for at least a week. They're hard to find. You will find them in some pottery shops. Uh, If you go to France, you can find them pretty easy. (laughs) But uh, some people might not do that. Anyway, 
thought you'd like to know about the French Butter Keeper. Keep up the great work. Love the show. Thanks so much. Bye. Don't forget to spread it around. <clears throat> Butter, that is. Thank you, Chris. I made some angel hair today as I love angel hair. I do too. Oh, and it's it's so hard for me to stop. I really have um, an issue with eating too much angel hair enough to where I shouldn't be eating that much. So I literally did my push away exercises and ate one little serving and some Italian sausage went in well, the sauce. There you go. Dr. Oz said one time that the amount of pasta I, I don't on our hear plate this. <laughs> should be the size of a light bulb. Well, um, mine was. Mine was the, the size of a light bulb. What, like those big floodlights? A gigantic heat light bulb. <laughs> one, one that uses a brooder, you know, for chickens, you know, that lights up the whole chicken coop. That's how big my light bulb pasta serving was. Yeah. <laughs> well, I love angel hair. I got some gluten-free angel hair pasta and it was good, but mm. I still like my pasta a little bit thinner. It wasn't what I would call angel hair. Mm -hmm. uh, but, yeah, it was still tasted good, though. Oh, gosh. That pasta, yeah. uh, that angel hair was so good. It is so good. I love it. And uh, But, oh, I wanted to say something about pasta because oh, right I had a listener complain about Pasta being cooked in the pressure cooker. Okay. Now, he is not a pressure cooker cooker. <laughs> <laughs> a pressure cooker cooker. <laughs> That's kind of hard to say, say. <laughs> but he is an, an Italian who feels that pasta should be cooked specific ways and that it would be like an insult to cook pasta in a pressure cooker. Mm -hmm. Well, I... You know, my I tend to take the stance a lot with many things that there are many ways to do things and not just one right way to do most anything. Oh, yeah. Um, but I know um, it just really turned him off. You know, he was like, ugh, no. And he didn't even want to finish listening. Um, so... I know some, I think the Big Boss Manual doesn't encourage pasta cooking in the pressure cooker, although I know you've looked into it, Randy, and oh, you've yeah. said, and we have put pasta in this one. But also what this person wanted people to know is that a pasta pot is very easy to work with, and he felt like blind people should know about a pasta pot and should be, uh, you know, feel comfortable using one. Okay, I have one. Okay, do you use it? <laughs> well, <laughs> let me just start off by saying that uh, it cost me, I uh, got it for someone for Christmas, and this is quite a few years ago, and it cost me $80. It's kind of round, but it's kind of, oh, I don't know how to explain it. It's kind of round, but it's kind of ovalish, sort of. Oh, mine wasn't. Okay. And it had, so it could make the pasta slip into the mm -hmm. pot easier. And then the cover was a lock cover with drain mm -hmm. holes. Like you could flip okay. it over and it would uh, actually act as a colander. Mm-hmm. Well, that $80, uh, I mean that uh, $80 uh, <laughs> lid ended up bending. Um, oh, no. It dropped on the floor. 
and you know i suppose things you know eventually uh was placed on the cover inside of drawers um and the pot was a good sturdy pot that went out of round do you know what i'm saying uh-huh now many people might not know what i mean and what what i mean by that is a perfectly round pot um when dropped if it's not well to my specifications at least um will go out of round and that means it will not be round anymore it'll be slightly mm -hmm. off yeah uh, um, not dented but it just will yeah. not be completely round like it was it's sad when money gets bent like that uh, yeah and um <laughs> so i got it back in round i had i put my <laughs> big r force on it <laughs> and managed to get it back to where it all, you know where it was and the, the lid's fine now and everything's really pretty much back uh, and then the handle started loosening up because oh, because they were not riveted they were mm -hmm. uh, like a, a screw type handle and every time the the uh, pot was turned upside down to drain i felt the ha handles kind of go woogly 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 you know Oh, gosh. And so I was afraid to use it. Now it just kind of sits there, and I use my pressure cooker to cook pasta. Well, I use other pots. I do, too. I've had pasta pots in the past, and you can steam in them, yeah. and you can uh, you can do – actually, some of them have a pot inside. Like, it's it's like a big pot, and then – an insert that had holes, holes in, in the it. bottom. Yeah, you just pick and it up. You and you can actually just pick up that mm -hmm. insert with yep. all your pasta and then it's drained. Mm -hmm. And then there's another little steamer basket that goes in the top under the lid and you can put vegetables in that and steam them. I just always felt like, gosh, it's big. It's like maybe eight quarts. It's a really, l I've had a couple of them and um, I don't know. I mean, it's like, oh, gosh, now I have to find a place to put it. Yeah. I just, but it is a way of doing it. And mm -hmm. it does make sense if that's what you want to use. And it's a good tool. Yeah. Now, I've poured, I've taken regular um, cooking pots, uh, you know, large saucepans and made pasta. I've poured mm -hmm. my pasta into a colander. I've also yeah. used locking lids mm -hmm. from Cook's Essentials QVC pots that work mm -hmm. great. So I wouldn't, I just, you know, I'm not telling yeah. you guys to not run out and buy one because they're, they're interesting. Yeah. But I, I mean, I they're wouldn't... versatile if that's, you yeah. know. Yep. yep. I just, I don't know. I just grab a, a saucepan and mm -hmm. do it. Yeah. Um, some people make pasta in the microwave. I, way back when I first got a microwave, I did that, but normally I don't. I don't do that anymore, but it is hmm. something you can do if that's what you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> you can also make an entire Thanksgiving dinner in a microwave. And, oh, yeah. And, you can. Uh, I tried that back in 1978, maybe, 77. And it was the worst Thanksgiving dinner I ever ate. Oh. The turkey... Um, was rubbery and tough and oh, just sad, you know. Oh, I used to cook like a steak with potato and a vegetable, like potato that I was maybe heating up and a vegetable. Um, and 
or a piece of fish and all that on a single plate in the microwave. Mm-hmm. I don't do that anymore, but I, I mean, either. you know. So you can use microwaves. For, they have things called the range mate now, and uh, they actually are a, um, a surface that heats up. And I don't mean it browns. I mean, it will brown and grill, but you don't have to heat it up first to put your items on. You can actually start it from cold and it will brown your foods and make them all nice. The problem with the range mates for... Uh, certain of us who have problems accessing their microwaves and, and uh, you know, and straight out say, you know, for blind and low vision people who have problems with uh, with the, their microwaves, uh, with the power settings, which I do. I have problems with the power settings because uh, there's so much work to, um, to my microwave that I don't even bother with it. So mm-hmm. a lot of the problems with the... Um, um, range mate from QVC, and, and I'm sure it's a great product. Um, but you know, sometimes they want you to 20%, 25%, 30, 35, 40%. Oh, I know. It's like, oh, come on, you know, yeah, right. Uh, just, yeah, it's too much just work gonna cook it. for me to, mm-hmm. <laughs> to use that. I'm just gonna go s- several minutes and you know, <laughs> yeah. that's it. Yep, yeah, so, don't and they even make pressure cookers, by the way. For the microwave. Did you they know that? They do. I heard that. Yeah. yeah. Four quart yeah. pressure cookers for the oven. Oh, yeah. I I still have to get to know this pressure oven. We just, mm. I don't know. We haven't done much with it. I got to check with Rick Alfaro because he got one too. And mm. I want to see uh, if he um, is doing well with it. I'm going to turn this. Yeah, the, the ratings aren't happy, happy with him. Um, mm-hmm. But again... With the pressure oven, yeah. Oh, interesting. But I don't, I don't go by ratings really. No. Um, if if somebody recommends something, uh, you know, like you recommended in Jason, uh, the co-host of Main Menu, which I'm a part mm-hmm. of, <clears throat> <laughs> uh, really uh, recommended the Big Boss and the Big uh, Boss. Yeah. At the ratings, I was like, man, I'd like one of those. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it, I my only hesitancy about something like Wolf with somebody like Wolfgang Puck who's so often on HSN mm-hmm. I think if you're on here that much then I feel like I need to take a, a everything you're selling with a grain of salt because mm-hmm. you're really not on here because you're just excited about this product you're on here cuz you have a contract to several to sell several There you go so that makes me leery, or at least cautious. Yeah, but you know, maybe it's some of the best stuff that you've ever eaten. I don't know. Maybe I know that his. We got some of his. Listen to this, non nonstick cookware. Non nonstick. <laughs> non nonstick. I, I don't see. like nonstick cookware. Mm-hmm. So we thought, well, let's see about his cookware that isn't non-stick All right. that doesn't have that coating on it mm-hmm. well this is why people buy non-stick cookware it is not easy to clean mm-hmm. it's really hard to get you know simple stuff off yeah but i don't like that non-stick stuff yeah uh-huh. that coating yeah i can remember this is a this is going back quite a ways but i remember when teflon <laughs> first came out yep and 
that was back in like 66, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Way back in the dark ages, yeah. Well, I can remember at the time astronauts were orbiting the Earth and it was around Christmas time and everybody, oh my God, they were, um, we called it a Teflon Christmas because mm-hmm. uh, everybody that I knew was giving getting teflon and you know i was a kid back then and i thought geez i hope i get toys rather than teflon stuff (laughs) (laughs) i just like my cast iron i just bought a cast iron chicago pizza pan that's supposed to be better than ceramic and Mm -hmm. i don't know all kinds of stuff i haven't used it yet but i i love cast iron i would love to just Get a whole bunch more of it. Why have some skillets. That, why don't you bring that pizza pan over and we'll put it on the trigger and make some fire-baked smoked pizza. All right. Sounds good. I, I got that. Pardon me? I got that. It sounds great. Yeah. And I also got that Rachel Ray pan, but I think it has a non-stick coating. Oh, sure. Yeah. I have in the blend tech now what is supposed to be three cups of basil leaves i don't think i have three cups oh i'm so disappointed i took two the leaves off of two plants and some other dried basil uh, fresh dried basil leaves that i had here and a good size hunk of parmesan cheese and um i didn't use um, actual garlic cloves. I used a couple of heaping spoonfuls of (laughs) minced garlic and um, a little more than a half a cup of extra virgin olive oil. And now I have it in the blend tech and I'm pulsing. Yeah. And I can still hear hunks of stuff in here. But it has been a very hectic day. Oh, God. Anyway, it's the weekend of Bay State, and I have been listening because, you know, the more that I work with affiliates and the more that I am involved with helping to make um, ACB Radio really the voice of ACB, the more... I am wanting to pay attention and know more of everything that's going on. And so I love it when there are conventions because I really get to learn a whole lot about the people and um, the history and the way they do things and all sorts of things. I'm adding some sea salt. This is Himalayan salt, which some of you heard me use before. It has 29 minerals. And I think it's great. So that's been on. They're at lunch right now. And I have been trying like heck to get ahead in hazelnuts. Demos and recipes and all of that. How are we doing? And I also am not seeing anywhere near as much pesto for the amount. And I know I used to buy big things of basil in Atlanta. Mm. It does taste good. Mm. And it's going to be good. <laughs> Jeff was telling me that I eat my, my I taste my uh, ingredients as I'm putting them in and I, I make noise. Yes, I do. So I am 
I'm making a gluten-free pizza today, and I will have talked about that uh, with uh, a double crust, a double stuffed spinach stuffed crust with uh, mozzarella cheese with that spinach and um, pesto and shrimp on top. Pesto is pretty cool. It's good on a lot of things. Um, I've had people make it and just put it over chicken or uh, any, and it's good over vegetables. It's wonderful. Um, it's good over pasta, of course. Um, and I like making it. Oh, yeah, I know what I forgot. Walnuts go in this. Now, they say pine nuts, but if you don't have pine nuts, you can use walnuts. Oh, I almost forgot. Where are they? Mm, things. Olympus falling out of my pocket. Uh, where are you? Here they are. Yeah. That might add to the uh, flavor. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it might. Let's see. Good thing I didn't pour it out yet. Hmm. Oh, but I did bring it over here. All right. Yep. I'm just going to grab some, a handful. I think it says, I think it says a quarter of a cup. Well, who measures? I, I don't always. All right, over here back to the blend tech. <laughs> and voila. Yeah, they did pretty well. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Oh man, give me a spoon. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Wow. Okay, so things were very hectic that day. We actually had some other construction going on in the house and her dad was confused. It was just a lot going on. So by the time I was ready to make the pizza, <clears throat> I don't think the pizza, I don't think the pizza was so ready to be made. <laughs> so I instead, I had already cooked the spinach. So I said, okay, I will drain the spinach. I will just steam the shrimp. And all I do is basically bring them to a boil and turn it off. And by the time they come to that boil, they're, they're ready. So I, I did that with the shrimp. I cooked some pasta and we had the pesto with spinach and shrimp and pasta. Oh my goodness, it was delicious. So pesto, a very easy recipe. You can buy it already made. You can buy packets of mix and add uh, to olive oil and you can, I don't know, you can add, you can do different things, but it's very easy to make. 
And even if you don't have a blend tech, you can easily use a bullet or any other kind of blender. And uh, you can even uh, probably buy uh, ground up basil and make it probably even without a blender if you want. It's good stuff though, tastes great. You can do a lot with it. It is my pleasure to introduce to you Laura Legendary, bringing us a new show to ACB Radio Mainstream called Legendary Insights. This show will first air Thursday, April 7th at 8 p.m. Eastern and will be updated every other month, alternating with Larry Turnbull's new show, Handy Around the House. Welcome, Laura. Take it away. Hey there, hazelnuts. Hi, Debbie. Hi, Randy. Thank you so much for giving me an opportunity to be on your show. To the Hazelnuts audience, hello. My name is Laura Legendary, and Debbie and Randy generously consented to allowing me to do a little segment on their show as a way to introduce myself to the ACB mainstream audience, since I have my own show upcoming, and the show is called Legendary Insights, since my name is Laura Legendary. And many of you already know me from social media, or perhaps you hear me on the Fashionability Channel podcast, which I co-founded with Emily Davison, or maybe some of you know me through my business, Elegant Insights Braille Creations, but probably most of you know me through my Twitter account, accessible underscore info. I have quite a few followers there, two or three, I think. So because this is a cooking show, Debbie asked me if I would be interested in sharing a cooking tidbit with you all, and I thought, oh, how wonderful. So I'm going to share one of my favorite recipes with you, and that is poached salmon. Now, many of you may already enjoy salmon, and I think the most popular way to prepare salmon is on a grill. But for those of you who would like to eat more fish because it's healthy for you, but who may be intimidated by how to cook fish, or who may be intimidated by the idea of grilling over an open flame, or maybe you just don't want to cook outside, or maybe you just don't even own a grill. Whatever the reason, I personally am a little intimidated by grilling. This recipe might be a solution for you. Because poached salmon can be made in the microwave. So some of this may come as a bit of a surprise to you because most of the time you're not going to cook lean protein in the microwave. You certainly wouldn't cook red meat or chicken in the microwave. The reason is typically because most microwaves don't really get hot enough to cook the meat through and you run the risk of foodborne illness as the result of undercooked food. So you would not think of microwaving fish as first to mind. Most people are either going to grill it, as I said, or even bake it in the oven. If not, maybe even pan fry it. But poaching is a different animal. And I love poaching salmon because it retains the flavor of salmon. 
It is a way to impart other flavors to salmon by way of the poaching liquid. It's fast, it's really easy, and mistake-proof. That's one of my favorite things about it. I love salmon, and I eat it a lot. So I am very comfortable with preparing salmon this way, and I thought I would share it with you. So the first thing you need to know is what you need to prepare. Anytime you're microwaving something, you should make sure you're using a microwave-safe dish. In this case, I always prefer glass. Glass really is the best thing to microwave in. And for poaching salmon, you need to have a microwave-safe dish, preferably glass, that's large enough for a good-sized piece of salmon. I recommend a one-pound salmon fillet. If you're brave and you want to buy a whole salmon or a big piece of salmon and fillet it yourself, you're welcome to give it a shot. I don't want to have to work that hard. So I almost always purchase salmon fillets fresh. However, you can purchase frozen salmon. What you need to know, though, is that the salmon must be thoroughly thawed before you poach it. So whether you're using fresh or frozen salmon, I recommend a fillet. I recommend a nice thick salmon steak if possible, and one pound should be enough to feed two people, or you can have leftovers, or if you're very hungry, like me, you can eat the whole thing, like me. Hey, I can mow through a pound of salmon, no problem. The other thing you need to make sure you have, along with your glass dish, is it should be a dish with a lid. Please do not use plastic wrap. Please do not use tin foil. Please do not use a Tupperware type dish with a plastic lid. You want a lid that fits the container, yet will allow a bit of air to escape. Or at least in this case, I have a domed lid, which will allow the steam to build up because when we put the poached salmon, the poaching liquid and salmon into the microwave, we're going to heat it on high and that's going to cause some steam buildup and you want to make sure that your salmon is not being heated in a microwave in an airtight container or it will explode. Okay, so in this case I'm using a glass bowl that's approximately, I would estimate it to be 10 inches in diameter. It's actually an oval shape, so at its longest point it's about 10 inches or so, and that's plenty of room for a one pound piece of salmon filet. It's a couple of inches deep. It's not like a big salad mixing bowl. It's a, a little bit of a shallower bowl, and that's good because you don't want to poach salmon in a deep dish. So this one is, oh, I would say this dish is maybe three inches deep. And like I said, about 10 inches at the longest point, and it does have a glass lid. So that's what you need for the cooking utensils, just the dish. If you have a spatula, you might want to have that at hand, although the way I cook this, it does not require that the salmon be turned. Now, most of the time when you buy fresh salmon in the store, the salmon is going to be cut into a piece that typically has skin on one side and not on the other. I don't particularly care for salmon skin, and in many cases the skin has a layer of fat underneath, which I also don't care for. So when I go to the fish counter in the grocery store, I ask that the skin be removed from the salmon. 
And I bring that up because if you're going to poach salmon and it has skin on one side, you want to put the salmon in the dish skin side down. If you poach the salmon with skin on, you may feel as though it's necessary to turn the salmon over halfway through the process, but you really don't need to. Just cook it with the skin side down and the flesh side up and you shouldn't need to turn the salmon. However, if your microwave, and, it, and if, you, if this is the case, you already know this, your microwave may cook unevenly or it may be the type of microwave that doesn't have a revolving dish or platter that you set your food down on. My microwave does have a revolving platter which ensures that whatever I cook is cooked through and evenly, but if yours does not cook through and evenly or does not rotate, then again, you may want to consider flipping the salmon over halfway through the poaching process to ensure that it's cooked thoroughly. But generally speaking, it's probably not necessary. The other thing you need is a poaching liquid. Now, the poaching liquid could be water. It could be a store-bought marinade. And many of you who like to grill salmon or bake salmon may already have a favorite marinade. You can cook fish in a pre-prepared marinade, or you can create your own. And in my case, I create my own. And the way I do it is simple. I add a little bit of water to the salmon and I also add wine. Wine is one of my favorite things to cook with. So I'm going to open up a bottle of wine here now that I have my salmon prepared and in my bowl. That was my wine being opened. Pardon me for a moment, won't you? I can't have an open bottle of wine unless I pour myself a glass. Of course, it reminds me of that quote by W.C. Fields. I cook with wine. Sometimes I even add it to the food. So I've put just enough wine and water over the salmon fillets to cover it. You don't need the salmon to swim in the poaching liquid. You just need enough liquid to barely cover the salmon. You want all of it to be covered. You don't want any part of the salmon flesh exposed to the air. So you want the whole salmon filet to be covered with your poaching liquid or marinade or wine or whatever it is that you're poaching in. And if you have purchased a salmon steak that's a little bit too large and a little tail piece or end is going to stick out, try to tuck it down under the liquid if you can. If you can't, it's not going to come out well. The little end piece that's sticking out into the air is going to come out, you know, curled up and rubbery and not edible. So try to get all of the salmon underneath the liquid the best you can. It might float a little bit, but that's okay. As long as there's enough water to cover the salmon steak, you're okay. And once you add the liquid to the bowl with the salmon filet inside. You can also add spices at that point. If you use a store-bought marinade, it probably already has a bunch of spices in it, but if you're making your own, whether you use alcohol or not, whether you use water or vinegars, you know, balsamic vinaigrette or salad dressing, whatever it is that you may want to use, 
You can add spices at this point. So if you want it to taste a little bit more Italian, you can add basil, oregano, or possibly rosemary. If you want it to taste a little lighter, if you're serving the salmon with just vegetables and you want it to be very light tasting, you can add some dill, some tarragon, some coriander. Those are wonderful light uh, spices to add. So you can add the spices at this point. Now, if you are using a favorite marinade as your poaching liquid, you may have already marinated the salmon steaks. So in some cases, you may want to prepare the salmon as you would if you were grilling them. Only instead of throwing them on the grill, you would take that marinade, add some water or some other liquid so that it's enough to completely cover the salmon, add your spices, cover the dish with your lid, and then you simply place the entire thing in the microwave. So let's do that. You just take the bowl with the lid on and carefully put it in the microwave. And what you're going to do is you're going to cook the salmon on high for five to seven minutes for the first go-round. And I say five to seven minutes because it depends on how large your salmon steak is. If it's a thin little quarter to half inch piece of salmon that maybe came out of a, a package that was frozen, then you're not going to need as much time to cook the salmon. Five to seven minutes may be all that it needs. But if you have a thicker salmon steak, you're going to want to do this in two rounds. And the first of which should be five to seven minutes on high. Okay. Thanks to the magic of radio, our salmon is done with its first go round and I wanna take a look at it. So at this point, the poaching liquid is going to be very hot and it's the liquid that's actually cooking the salmon. Be careful because if the water has already started to boil or the liquid has started to boil, then things are going to be popping and steaming and it's very hot. So use a pot holder to take the lid off your dish and take a look at the salmon. Now, if you have any vision at all, you're going to be able to see that the salmon has begun cooking. Salmon changes color when it cooks and that's how you know it's done. The typical color of salmon is the, well, that's why they call the color salmon. It's sort of a pinkish color, a sort of orangish pink sort of color. But when salmon is cooked, it turns more of a white color. It's a pinkish white or a light pale pink color. It's not the deep salmon pink that you're familiar with. It becomes white. That's how you know it's cooked through. So take a look at the salmon. If you have just a little teeny piece of salmon in there, it might be done, but it probably isn't. So put the salmon back into the microwave and you're gonna cook it for another go round for another five minutes. Okay, so we have done our second five minutes and it's time to remove the salmon. And it is a beautiful light pink color. Now don't be nervous if some of the liquid has escaped the poaching dish because remember, you've been cooking it on high and the liquid is probably going to come to a boil 
And some of it may spill over, but that's okay. You'll have a little bit of a mess to clean up in your microwave, but that's okay. It depends on the dish you cooked it in. So again, use a pot holder. Carefully remove the lid. It is going to be steaming and broiling hot. I wouldn't touch it if I were you, but take your spatula or your tongs or whatever your favorite implement is and gently and carefully lift the salmon steak out of the dish and put it on another plate to rest and cool. So salmon is a bit of a delicate fish and it will probably come apart when you're trying to pull it out of the broiling, boiling liquid. Don't be tempted to use your fingers. That is boiling hot. However, if you can manage to get it all out in one piece, just leave it sit for a minute to cool off. The juices will run off and when it cools well enough to cut into, you will be able to see, if you have some vision, that the salmon has turned white, you know, the light pink shade all the way through. If you can't see, you can actually feel the difference. When the salmon has sufficiently cooled, if you touch it, it has changed texture. When you first put it into the dish, when it was raw, it was very slimy had that kind of icky fish feeling that a lot of people don't like. But now that it's cooked, it changes texture and it feels almost more like a piece of red meat. It feels like a piece of, you know, steak. And it's tougher and a little bit harder to the touch and it's completely lost that slimy feeling. So if you cut the piece of salmon in half and you cannot see inside whether or not it's cooked through, you can feel that it has. If you take a fingertip and gently touch the middle point of a salmon steak, you can feel that it's not slimy inside. It doesn't have that slippery, sort of raw fishy texture that it felt like when you first put it into the dish. It now feels, you can tell that it's cooked all the way through. And some people like meat, just like meat, they like their salmon cooked a little rarer and some people like it cooked a little bit more well done. If you think you've taken it out a bit too early and you need to cook it a little bit more, you can leave it on the plate on which it's cooling and just pop it back into the microwave for another minute or two. You know, maybe a minute is all that's really necessary because it's soaked up the juices from the poaching liquid to a certain degree and it's still hot and it's going to continue to cook. So it really may only need another minute on high in the microwave if you're fairly certain it didn't cook through. But again, if you purchased about a one pound salmon steak, a total of 10 to 12 minutes in total is all you need to have a perfectly poached, delicious, healthy piece of salmon. So I hope you enjoyed my little cooking lesson and thank you again, Debbie and Randy, my sweet hazelnuts for having me on your show. And until we meet again, I will be seeing you on Legendary Insights. We're still not done. We have another demo for you. Remember, we've been talking about the air fryer. We'll be talking a lot about it more in the next couple of weeks. We have Debbie Hazelton doing a demonstration of cooking kale chips in the hot air fryer. I have to let you in on a little secret. She crunched them in my ear. Mmm, boy, do they sound good. And you know what? They are. Now, here's Debbie with some kale chips. So, I have been hearing a lot about making kale chips. They are super nutrient-dense and delicious and addictive and so 
So I have a bunch of kale, and then if it comes on a stalk, they say to remove the stalk. This was just a bag of kale leaves, and I'm doing about half of it because I can always use the other half. I can throw it in smoothies. I can throw it in salad. I can cook it because it tastes a lot like spinach. And um, so what I did was I soaked the leaves for a while. I thought I had heard that I was supposed to do that. Um, whether I was or not, I did, and I don't think that does any harm. So then I drained them, and then I got a thick towel, folded it, folded it over, and have been uh, patting, blotting them dry. Now I'm opening up this towel, and I have plugged in my blow dryer, and have heard that it is good to dry them with the blow dryer, probably the uh, cooler setting, but at least to get air on them, to get moisture out. So I've plugged it in. I'm, I'm kind of moving them all so that they are at a certain place on this towel and not, so then I can put the ones that I have dried in a spot over here on my left. And then I'm going to um, put them on parchment. Um, I'm just folding this up so that this is not this part that was wet, putting it out of the way. Okay, so now um, after they're dry, uh, then I will put them on parchment and put oil, olive oil and sea salt, Himalayan salt on them, and then I will start uh, preheat pre the air fryer and fry them. So, and then I will eat them. Huh. Okay, so <laughs> on the lower setting and um, okay, so I tried it with the higher speed and I didn't like it. I could smell the kale starting to cook. So now I have the fryer temperature all the way up. I believe it is 390 and I am going to preheat it, turning the dial to about the 10 minute or 10 after the, the time. I don't know if this is true to form, this little notch at the top. And I'm very curious about this other fryer that hasn't come yet, but um, it's got digital controls, so we'll see. But now I'm pretty pleased with how I have um, dried these. Uh, they are no longer as moist. Um, okay, so I'm taking my cookie sheet with parchment paper on it, and I'm bringing it over here, and I am getting some olive oil, extra virgin, and I am going to just drizzle some. I'm putting this olive oil all around on this parchment and I am taking all these leaves now with my hands and I'm going to put them on this cookie sheet where I have this oil and oh I can't wait to try these. This is gonna be great. Yummy yummy. I have heard so much about kale chips and they are so healthy for us. Alright, so now I've got the oil on, so now I'm moving these kale leaves around. So 
so that they get some oil on them. And the other thing I want to do is take some of this Himalayan salt and putting it in my hands and just putting it on them. Oh my gosh! Mm. Okay, oh, this is great. Oh, this is going to be so good. I don't know if we want anything other than salt the first time. I don't know. Maybe a little pepper. Yeah, I did read that people are in, so maybe a little pepper would be really good. Fresh ground black pepper. I think I need to add more corns to this, peppercorns to this peppermill. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. All right, the fryer should be almost done preheating. Oh, I can't wait. So I am going to take this pan of nicely seasoned kale chips. And I'm not sure yet whether I'm going to end up doing one or two batches by the size of this air fryer because one of the things, one of the things that is very important with air frying is not to overcrowd and it's not as big as an area inside as it seems and I have a tendency to get so eager that I want to put more in, but I don't want them to be soggy or evenly distributed in here. So I learned a lot in doing this. First of all, 390 is what it was recommended for the Philips air fryer, but I think that it is a little high. I also think that the timing needs to be closer to five minutes. I think also that there are, it's important to keep in mind, there are different kinds of kale and the kind I used was baby kale, and there was no stalk, but also there are stems and they need to be removed. Well, it's a little hard on baby kale to do that, so next time I will get bigger kale leaves. So these are in there, and yeah, two batches is what it's gonna be. I can't wait to make homemade potato chips because if I had to pick a favorite comfort food, some of you have heard me say I adore, absolutely adore potatoes. Now, I think I already hear them cooking just a wee bit. Oh, this is so exciting. Mm. I just took the drawer out just a little bit to shake it well. <laughs> These did not need to cook that long. Um, I checked them and they felt very done, so I took them out and my smoke alarm went off. <laughs> so, they taste good, but I'm turning, the, I'm, I'm turning the temperature down some. I have the next batch in. 
And they really don't taste that overdone, but just slightly. And now I'm taking this parchment away. Hmm, that's very strange. They didn't, I mean, I wasn't smelling anything like they were really burned, but man, huh. Mmm. They do taste good. <laughs> now let's see. I don't think these are quite done. It could be. Let's see. Mm. I don't think Miss Des was too crazy about them. But this time I did them a little lower. I don't know what temperature it was because there's no way of knowing for me. You can hear them though. And, hmm. 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 They are very, very good. Well, I guess that's the end of my cooking experiment today. Now it's time for sound bite, bite, bite. Yeah. <laughs> bite, bite, bite. Today's sound bite, 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 is experiment. Play around with what exactly? Your air fryer. If you were fortunate enough to get the air fryer from QVC by Cook's Essentials, or if you have a Philips air fryer or any other air fryer or thinking about getting an air fryer or asking for an air fryer for a gift, you can tell. We're really thrilled about these devices. Just because we give you a recipe for the air fryer or tell you a recipe, your air fryer controls may be different from ours. So what you want to do is experiment. If we give you a time and a recipe, and if it doesn't seem like it turns out exactly the way you want it, add a little bit more time. Add a little bit more temperature. Add a little bit less temperature. You never know what you're going to come up with. Yes, you can bake biscuits in your hot air fryer. You can bake cakes. It's all up to you. Search for recipes on the internet. I kind of think of the hot air fryer as a work in progress. As they evolve, so will you. Only a tablespoon of oil per batch of food, or less, or none. It's all up to you with the hot air fryer. And that is today's Sound bite. Oh, another cooking with the hazelnut show is at an end. Remember, you can hear us as a podcast. 
with your favorite podcatcher, like Downcast, Overcast, QCast, or Apple, search for Cooking with the Hazelnuts. I thank you kindly for your attention. I hope you subscribe. Tell others. We'd love to have you on board with Cooking with the Hazelnuts. Take care, everybody. Have a good week. We have a lot more cool, exciting things to come, including more voicemails. Now, where did I put that fish? Oh, no. Here, dog. Here, dog. No, that's my dinner. I cook with wine. Sometimes I even add it to the food. Oh, no. The dog stole the bottle of wine, too. She doesn't have a corkscrew. But I have. She can't indulge. Dogs can't indulge. But I can. Thank you.